Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemakers, Holly Rustic here. Grant writing and funding, here we are. So we are all about grant writing and funding here at our organization, and we are super excited about this episode. All right, so this episode is going to be, and and how we've kind of segued into starting a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So we are really gonna geek it out over the next few weeks, and we're gonna really talk about how to actually open this 501c3 nonprofit organization. Now this is great for those of you who are actually wanting to start a nonprofit. But it's also great for those of you who already have a nonprofit organization operating and you want to make sure all your ducks in a row. We are going to go over bylaws, articles of incorporation, all different kinds of um, board structure even. So we're going to go over all of these different nonprofit health issues. And you may have something, even if you're an approved 501c3, where you say, oh my gosh, this tip or this advice or, you know, just hearing about something about, you know, the structure of your board of directors or something, this could really help increase the health of our nonprofit and just help us to be more functional to getting funding and to advancing our mission. Now, this episode and this whole series is also good for you grant writers out there. For those of you who are grant writing freelancers and you actually serve clients and you help get clients set up to open nonprofits or you're looking to do so. I cannot stress this enough how many people come to me asking me to help them get set up with their 501c3 nonprofit organization. And we've done this in the past quite a bit. Currently, we're not doing this service because um, we're creating we'll actually have a course. So if you want to, you can go and get the online course and it's really gonna go into a lot more detail um, than we're talking about and also downloadable samples. So we'll have all your downloadable checklists and all of the sample templates that you need to get a 501c3 started. So we've really transitioned more into training for this and for more of a DIY approach, right? Do it yourself. Um, So we are having that course. So if you're interested in getting all the downloadables, the checklist, all of that fun stuff, the templates, and uh, of course the video courses, then you can go to our website, grantwritingandfunding.com. Now, if you're a part of our new online membership, you will get this course included in your membership. So please watch out for that in April as it will be released and you will have all the access to all the templates, all the downloadables, everything at no extra cost. That is a part of your membership. So every time we release courses, uh, or nearly every time we release courses, they will also be included in that online membership. So if you wanna get in on the online membership, then do it now. And I hope you're listening before April 30th, uh, 2019, because you will get in at the $27 per month beta grant writing and funding membership rate. All right, this will go up to $49 a month, May 1st. So please get on board now so you'll be locked in at that price. So when it goes up, you will not have to you will not have to pay any more than that. You will be locked in at that rate. It is a beta group, so we are still tweaking things in there, and we will just ask for your feedback and a testimonial. But things that you will get a part of of that online beta membership is you're going to have all of the courses. So we have eight in there. We're adding a new one: the How to Start a 501c3 Nonprofit Organization. 
That one will be added and I'll have all the information in there, all the checklists, like I said. But you also have grant writing courses. You have the full extended grant writing course. You also have a 30 minute fast track grant writing course. You have a grant research course and you have all of the different kinds of how to do an MOU, a letter of inquiry, letter of intent. You have all of the samples, a letter of support, letter of commitment, a memorandum of understanding. So you have all of these different types of courses in there. You also have a sample foundation grant application in there. So it's actually a grant that we wrote for one of our clients and was awarded. So you'll have that, of course, I've taken out their name and personal information, but you'll have that full awarded grant application in there. I'll also be putting a federal grant application in the membership. So that's going to be really advantageous for those of you who are just trying to be like, okay, I want to learn more about this. I need some templates. I need some starters. Where do I go? And every month we're going to have new courses or information in there in that course that you'll have access to so you can continue your learning. And of course, ask me questions. Tell me what you wanna see in there and I will help develop those types of things for you. Other beneficial kind of things in the membership is that currently right now, and just for this beta membership, um, it's probably gonna change in May. I may go back to this at some point, I'm not really sure. But right now in May, if you sign up for the beta Changemaker membership, you also get a one-on-one -on -one call with me. All right, so that's usually 150 bucks right there just for a one-on-one -on -one consultation. But I will talk to you on Zoom, Skype, or on the phone, and I'll answer any of your questions. And I just want to get to know you. Like, what's your nonprofit do or what does your grant writing freelance company do? And you can ask me any questions that you have and tell me your challenges and your wins and all that fun stuff. And I can kind of cater the membership more to you. So that's pretty cool. Of course, you also get access to our private Facebook group. So you can really, you know, be a part of a tribe, hear what other people are doing, share what you're doing, get feedback constantly, and all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, so please join now. And that's the pitch. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm also coming to Nashville. So I am coming to Nashville in June. And I will be there the first week of June 2019. I have a grant writing live training that I'll be doing as well as how to start a grant writing freelance company. So if you want to go ahead and if you've even if you've already started one, but you're kind of struggling on, you know, how do I really do this? How do I make this profitable? I will be having that course in Nashville. So please email me if you're interested. Hollywego at gmail.com or go ahead and go to my new because Ooh, if you've gone to the uh, website recently, we've rebranded. You can go to holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. Go ahead and email me there um, as I will get all of your information and send you the information that we have for Nashville training if you're interested in really upping your your uh, level or just starting a freelance company or really increasing your portfolio and moving to a six-figure income. So it can definitely happen, guys. So if you want to be a part of that training, then please email me at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com and I will get back to you with all of the information. All right, guys, so that's enough of the pitches today, but I just wanted to share that with you guys is that is a benefit for you all. And I'm getting a lot of questions in my inbox and I'm really sorry it's taken me a while to reply to some of you, but we've been rebranding and we've been launching the online membership course. So we've been quite busy. Not to mention, we just 
helped organize uh, the first annual Micronesian Conservation Coalition Ocean Gala. So that was a lot of work, but it was super fun. Super excited about that. It was a beautiful, beautiful night. We even had edible, sustainable centerpieces. I mean, it was like zero waste. It was super cool. Um, we had, it looked like you were in an aquarium the whole time because it was like this digital experience. It was amazing. It was totally off the chain. So I'll definitely be uploading some video or some, yeah, I have some videos too on Facebook and uh, some pictures so you can check that out if you're interested. Okay, guys, so let's get into this. <laughs> All right, so this is what we're talking about today. So establishing an IRS tax-exempt 501c3 nonprofit status is imperative to setting up your nonprofit for funding success. Most foundations and federal agencies require this status when awarding grants. Furthermore, this status will help your nonprofit establish credibility as donors will feel confident that you are not a crooked fronted company looking for easy dollars. All right, don't get me started. <laughs> this tax status will also allow private donors and corporations to receive a tax deduction. Yes, tax deduction. They that's a lot that's something nice you can give to your donors. Therefore, this should be a first step after you created your board of directors. We're going to talk about that next week, but today we're going to talk about what type of nonprofit are you going to establish, right? Okay. So you've already done the first step and that's conducting your market research to identify if your nonprofit fits a gap. So please refer to podcast 64 as we talked about that last time. And I gave you six steps to actually doing this research to find out if your nonprofit fits a gap. That's the first thing you need to do. Now that you know that it fits a gap and you really wanna move forward, you need to establish your corporation. Okay, so state requirements for filing, you have to first, go to your state, go to your tax and revenue or your uh, attorney general's office and they will help you with knowing what the state filing fees are. And I'll also put, put a link in the show notes, so please check it out there for, there's a link that has a lot of different states and what you need to do specifically, but I'm gonna talk about the general things that you're gonna need to do. The first thing, of course, you're going to need to do is identify your application structure and select a name. So what type of nonprofit will you establish? More importantly, is starting a nonprofit right for you? You also have to check your name and see if it has been used. Maybe it's, um, you know, some name, grant writing and funding, and it's already been used, right? So it's already, it may be trademarked. So you need to make sure that you're, you can actually even use the name that you're going to use. All right, but for this series, we're predominantly going to be looking at 501c3 structures or public charity organizations. According to upcouncil.com, there were nearly 1 million 501c3 charitable nonprofits set up in the United States in 2018. Holy smokes! That is the most common type of nonprofit organization, and that's why we're talking about it. All right, we're going to touch on another one just briefly that's pretty popular, but definitely 501c3, so yeah. A lot of them. For a full list of all the 501c3 organizations, you can check out some of the different types. You can check out the show notes on the website, grantwritingandfunding.com. There you go. All right, so a 501c3 nonprofit, what is it? Well, the uh, IRS says verbatim, public charities, private foundations, and organizations that promote a religious, scientific, or literary purpose. 
So that is what the description of a 501c3 nonprofit is. It's pretty broad. And examples include the Habitat for Humanity, the Salvation Army, Feeding America, those types of nonprofits that you see quite often. So public charities must be set up and operated for exempt purposes set forth in Section 501c3 of the Internal Revenue Code. If you think you are going to start a nonprofit and make millions of dollars on day two that you're open, you are very misled. All right, operating a successful nonprofit organization takes tenacity, dedication, and a lot of sweat equity. According to data from the National Center on Charitable Statistics, on all 501c3 nonprofits that filed a tax return between 1989 and 2003, no big gap, but that's what they had, that was the data, okay, 12% closed up shop within the first five years and 17% within 10 years. Grantspace states that the biggest challenge for most new nonprofits is to develop and maintain reliable income streams. Does that sound familiar for some of you? They go on to state that most nonprofit experts say that less than half of nonprofit startups survive beyond five years. Of those that survive, perhaps one third are in financial distress. And that data really reflects a lot of the people that reach out to me, you know, and say like, you know, it's difficult finding our income and they want assistance, right? That's why they're looking for grant writers and um, different kind of funding ideas. And this is very, very common. Now, I'm not saying that to scare everyone off, but just because I get so many people that approach me without looking at the research, so are the gaps, so go back to episode 64, on starting a nonprofit, and then they get upset they aren't pulling in a half million dollars in a year because now they have access to, quote, free money from the government, end quote. Let me tell you that free money isn't so easy to get, right? Grants are not the easiest to get, and they aren't exactly free, right? There's strings attached, guys. There's a lot of strings attached. So starting a nonprofit, you need to have passion, right? So you need to have tenacity and dedication and that sweat equity. So let's get back to that. But what are the other options then, Holly? What have I? What are you saying? If I don't start a 501c3, maybe I shouldn't start a nonprofit? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. You come in here to look at how to open one, but first you need to know, is that the right step for you? So here are some other ideas. You could volunteer. You could volunteer for a nonprofit that is already doing similar work and brought in a certain area that may need improvement or enhancement. Or maybe you're a lawyer or accountant or some kind of skilled worker and could do some sort of pro bono work. So if you're really passionate about a cause, but you don't want to put in all of the hours it's going to take to start a nonprofit, you could volunteer to really fill that mission of purpose, right? Another thing you can do is be on the board of directors for a nonprofit. You could join the board of a nonprofit that is doing similar work to your passion and help govern projects. That could really help kind of fulfill your need, you know, helping out with the cause. Another thing, you can't afford to volunteer. Well, you could become a consultant, such as a grant writer, <laughs> and help nonprofits pull in funding or do anything else like that, that you could actually charge for your services, but still be helping. Like, I love my job. Uh, you know, I love being able to help nonprofits. I love that um, I'm able to 
you know, put food on the table as well for doing that. But it's also amazing just because the work that I do, I'm surrounded by so many awesome people who are doing just amazing things and have just such a passion. And I love it when I'm able to pull in funding for them and to really see them answer their causes, you know, to find, just be all out there and to serve their target um population right and to hire people to provide employment for people like it's super super awesome so you could get paid to do a service another thing you can do is help solicit sponsorship you could also leverage relationships that you have with corporations to help fund certain projects and you can seek or you could seek fiscal sponsorship under a 501c3 nonprofit organization umbrella to conduct your project tax free so that's Totally another option. So if you wanted to do a certain project, you could go to a corporation that you have a relationship and they could fund it. Um, if they want to have the tax-free or tax-deductible kind of, you know, purpose, then you could go underneath a 501c3 organization that could actually run your project. Okay, the next thing you can do, and the final thing that I have listed here, is start a for-profit business. You could open a small business and give a certain percentage of proceeds to help your mission. There are many other less complicated ways to be a change agent than necessarily opening a 501c3. So I'm throwing that out there for those of you who may be on the fence or don't know a lot about nonprofits and are trying to dive into something that might not be exactly what you want. What I think is really cool about this, my friend... She actually has a business uh, and part of she's also on the board for Junior Achievement. And what she does is she has like 10%, I believe, of her profits that come in go towards Junior Achievement because she's passionate about it. She's on the board, but, you know, she doesn't want to start the own nonprofit. She doesn't want to work under it, but she will definitely fund some of it through monies raised by her business, which is really cool. So there's definitely a lot of different things that you can do that can help fulfill your cause. But you are here listening to this and want either to open a nonprofit or you're a consultant and learning how to help your clients, right? So you wanna know how to start this nonprofit. So let's do this. I gave you some other options, but apart from the 501c3, Another popular type of 501c nonprofit is a 501c4 designed, right? These are designed for civil leagues and local associations that further a social welfare objective. And examples of this include the Chambers of Commerce, Rotary Clubs, and other associations. So they're not a 501c3, right? They're a 501c4. And I'm just going to go through the different types. So if you're not really sure what kind of 501 to open, here's the main differences between a, a C3 and a C4. Okay, so the main differences is just what I said, the structure. So remember the 501c3 is public charities, private foundations, and organizations that promote a religious, scientific, or literary purpose. A 501c4 structure is designed for civil leagues, local associations that further a social welfare objective. So very different. You're going to have like a whole group of people, think membership, all of that sort of thing with a 501c4. And a 501c3 is what's more common. You're going to serve a specific cause. But you need to make sure that you are actually going to do one or the other of these and that that kind of language is within your bylaws and your application. 
Okay, so the second main difference between the two is in terms of lobbying. Now, I'm sure you've heard that a whole bunch, like you can't lobby if you're a nonprofit. That's not necessarily true. Okay, so for a 501c3, they may not have a substantial part of its activities attempting to influence legislation. That's probably where you've heard that a lot more, that you're not supposed to lobby. Under a 501c3, I just wouldn't do it. But under a 501c4, you may seek legislation germane to the organization's programs as a permissible means of attaining social welfare purposes. So how is that different? Well, that's when you see chambers, like uh, if you have the, the president from a chamber and they go and they actually, you know, there's a bill being introduced maybe to raise the local taxes and they may go into the legislation and testify right? So you're going to see a lot more of that kind of lobbying when you have groups or memberships versus, say, Habitat for Humanity that's just serving a certain cause, right? So those are the two different things. Okay, the comparison. So the last main difference between the two is tax deductions. So these are the big ones, guys. So a 501c3 nonprofit organization can offer the broadest scope of charitable tax deductions to their donors and funding sources, although still need to give their fiscal contributors required documentation. And this is usually a thank you letter with their EIN number and the amount that was actually given. Very simple. 501c4, on the other hand, is not able to offer a broad sweep of tax deductions to its donors. But some donors may be able to fund these types of nonprofit organizations in other ways, such as being a sponsor for a gala or a, an event. They can include these expenses in marketing and advertising, where if it was a 501c3, they'd be able to get a tax write-off in general for a charitable donation. So those are the main differences, the structure, lobbying, and tax deductions. So hopefully that gives you a better idea of what type of organization you want to develop. Okay, so it really will take some research to find out what type of nonprofit you want to create and that makes sense for your need. I'm not going to go into all the different types of nonprofits. There's definitely a lot more than these two, but definitely go to the show notes on grantwritingandfunding.com. You can click on podcast and you'll see episode 65 and you'll have resource links to those so you can see. In any case, don't call your nonprofit an organization in your documentation just because it sounds more inclusive. All right. Um, you are establishing a corporation, an unincorporated association or a trust to be able to file a 1023 form. We will be talking about the 1023 form and be tax exempt. So do not incorporate as an LLC or sole proprietor as that is for for profit, right? that's more in that range. What you want to incorporate once again is corporation, an unincorporated association or a trust. If you're not a foundation, you're usually gonna be more of a corporation. And that's why you'll see a lot of nonprofits, their legal name is like beautiful comma incorporated, right? So forming a corporation is not just meaning a corporation of one person. The next step is to select your board of directors, if you haven't already. And next week, we will go over how to select members for your board of directors. But to wrap up today, identifying what your nonprofit status will be is not just rolling the dice. 
On the 1023 application form, this will be asked and there will be questions to check and balance your decision. So make sure you really put thought into starting a nonprofit and understand what your limitations and opportunities are with specific tax exempt status. If you want access to the entire 501c3 course, downloadables and checklists, then visit us at grantwritingandfunding.com. All right, guys, so that's all I have for you today. Next week, like I, like I said, we're going to be talking about establishing your board of directors. Even if you already have board of directors, listen to this one. All right, guys, listen to next week because we're going to talk about the right kind of board of directors. And usually you probably will be having elections every so often. So to help give you an outline of how to select the best board of directors to really have a healthy, thriving nonprofit organization. All right, guys, so I will talk to you next week. I hope you all have a lovely, fantastic week as we're entering the spring. And once again, email me at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com if you have any grant writing or funding questions. I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com.